This is In the Margins with uh, Matt Fisk and Stephen Little. I'm Josh Lund, and we are excited to hop back into the Book of Mark. Uh, It's been exciting. Uh, We just got done last week talking through Mark chapter 2 and getting into chapter 3, where we really just learned about um, God preferring mercy rather than the rules, rather than the sacrifice, rather than, um, you know, this black and white picture. Um, But today we're going to start jumping into a little bit more of chapter 3. Amen. So uh, why don't we do that? Why don't we go ahead and read, starting in verse 13. And uh, Matt, do you, uh, would you mind reading that for Yeah, us? I got you. This is out of the ESV, so if you're following along. And he went up on a mountain and called to him those whom he desired. And they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach, and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Boernerges, that is, the sons of thunder, Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Then he went home and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, he is out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He's possessed by Beelzebub, and by the prince of demons he casts out demons. And he called to them and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they were saying, he has an unclean spirit. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Hmm. Awesome. Man. So, uh... I actually got to preach this passage uh, on Sunday, and if you want to listen to that, um, I go over basically the overarching theme of this passage, which which I pulled away, which was unity and family. Uh, so if you want to get that one, you can go on nvcoc.church and we'll listen link it to in that. the show notes. Um, but I want to get in, dig into some of this stuff here um, that uh, I wasn't able to get into on Sunday for time's sake. But there's a lot here just in who these 12 disciples are. Mm. Uh, thinking about worldviews. Well, it's funny, real quick, like you're telling me that there's a lot in here of this just group of guys by their, you know, by their name. I mean, whenever I read this, I'm just like, all right, yeah, I heard of you, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, whatever. Right. Um, but 
Okay, yeah, that's that's interesting. Cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, if you've ever listened to Bama podcast, highly recommend it. Uh, he talks about genealogies and how you can learn so much about genealogies. And I've actually, that's the thing I typically always skip. Oh, yeah. And when I see a list of names, I've started to learn that there's actually a lot more and there's a reason for it. Okay. Um, but it's interesting who he chooses here. And I think you have to do a little bit of uh, digging deeper on worldviews. And I know, Matt, you've talked about this before, but Hellenism and how the Greeks came in and brought this whole new world view. Uh, basically switching from a God center to human center. So I don't know if you want to expand on that. Expound. I mean, I think that. we've talked about that a lot. Um, I think you said it really well. Okay. Like it, it, it's, it, it becomes human individual rather than God focused. And uh, that, that the systems devised by the Greeks, like what they can offer, the education, the sanitation, yeah. the entertainment, all of that is, that is the solution to, your problems. That is real and full life. Yeah. And, and the, the Jews all responded, I would say there was groups of thought and I would call that worldviews. And so Josh, this is why it's so amazing because we have the Sadducees who they were the priests and they were faced with, are we going to keep our jobs Mm. (laughs) as like priests or are we going to embrace this? And they, they chose both. They're Mm. like, we're going to embrace both. And then you had the Herodians, um, who were, you know, they were just Jews. They weren't priests. And they, they also chose to embrace both. And I think, you know, I would call that modern American Christianity of embracing the the comforts Mm. and also the goodness of God. They want their cake and eat it too. Yes. And then you had the Essenes who were pretty radical. I mean, they were like peace. They dipped out, they moved out to caves. That's actually where we found the Dead Sea Scrolls were from, these groups of people who just completely abandoned society and said, we don't want any part of this. Um, and then we had the zealots who, uh, you know, I think you could pick up from that. Steven, I think you would have been a zealot. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but zealots, uh, they chose to use violence. Um, they're mm-hmm. like, we, we want to hold the standard. And so they, they're like, we're going to beat it out of you. <laughs> right. We'll beat that comfort out of you. Stab it out <laughs> and of stab you. And, yeah. <laughs> and then you had the Pharisees who I think actually, I think we would actually align with a lot. They mm-hmm. were like, let's go back to this, this, the text. Let's go back to the scriptures. Let's really study it and, and, apply it so that we don't make the same mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Let's obey every law and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you read these 12, you have Andrew, Peter, James and John, they were from Galilee. And uh what was going on in Galilee? Who was the main influencers there? Probably the Pharisees. Yeah, definitely the Pharisees. And then you have Matthew the tax collector. Who who, who do you think he which group do you think he followed under or lived under sound like a Herodian. Name. Yeah, <laughs> definitely a Herodian. Um, and then you have James son of Alpheus and Alpheus is a Greek name. So we have that as well. And then you have Simon, the zealot zealot. <laughs> and, stabby. uh, we also have Judas Iscariot, which Iscariot was a sword or a knife that you carried on your leg. So we would, couple of those as zealots, zealots. But uh, here you have Herodians, zealots, and Pharisees all together. Wow. Following one man. Hmm. W- what problems do you think that would arise? 
I'm sure it's great. I'm sure, yeah. that was just like, man, what a, what a picture of unity. <laughs> it, it makes me think of if we were to take uh, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, Uh-oh. Bernie Sanders, Uh-oh. and then just put them all. You know, yeah. I'm not choosing sides, but I I know they would not have a good time. Oh, you know, what would be worse is getting their supporters, oh, like getting oh, getting yeah. the people that support them all in a room. Yeah, and like it would be like that. Yeah. Yeah, not good. And this is who Jesus chose as his 12. Wow. Seems like not a great choice. <laughs> like yeah, maybe 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 Jesus wasn't thinking this day or something. But you know, it's 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 an amazing call of what Jesus actually does. So not only obviously before this, which leading up to this, Jesus was always talking about and doing this thing of including the outsiders, mm. showing mercy, showing love, giving to them. And then here he is actually living it out by choosing these 12. Yeah. And, and we, we, we did that whole one of, you know, back in at the end of chapter one, beginning of chapter two, about Jesus kind of like destroying these walls of us and them, like exactly. the, the unclean um, and then the sinners and all that kind of stuff yeah. that, that it's, it's, they're outsiders, but it's actually everyone is involved like it's 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 even the people that consider themselves insiders cuz he definitely brings pharisees mm-hmm. and he definitely yes. brings zealots and they weren't on the outside they were thinking that they were on the inside right. and actually by the way even john it there he's got some connections to the sadducees so there's sadducees mm. in here as well wow. mm. so like it's it's all of them it's not i'm only getting the outsiders i'm just i am bringing the outsiders in but i'm also including the insiders too because i need everybody yeah, and not just including them, but un- unifying them, like you were saying at the beginning, right? Which is, yeah, it's just wild. And that's the most radical thing. Like, you're never going to find that. Right. Uh, like, in, in fact, we think we're evolving more and more, like, to a global society. We're getting more and more splintered and tribal. Right, yeah. Like, th- this couldn't be more applicable today. This right. isn't like a history lesson. This is a right now lesson. Yeah. And if you don't believe me, check out your Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Or Twitter. Twitter is probably more toxic. <laughs> I, I'm never going on Twitter. Ever you don't tweet, Matt? Um, no. <laughs> but, but not only that, I mean, here we have in verse 13, uh, verse 14, he says, He appointed the, appointed the 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. I mean, he gave authority to these guys and they had completely different worldviews. Uh, leading up to this. It's a very challenging thought of who do I let in in my inner circle? Who do I choose to influence? And naturally, I choose people that are like me Mm -hmm. and think like me yeah, and have a similar drive. I I do not think of getting different kinds of people. But, uh, you know, I think another thing that's really challenging in here is... uh, this whole idea of this unforgivable sin. Whoa. Um, mm. You know, I always grew up, I grew up like, oh no, I think I did the unforgivable sin. I have no hope. Mm-hmm. But I, I think this is something that we got to dig into here. Yeah. I, I remember just reading this as a kid. I'm like, oh my gosh, could I possibly do so? Have I done it already? <laughs> right, right. Like, what does <laughs> blaspheming mean? You go kick me out the church, kick me out of heaven. There's no hope. And right. you know, uh, this, this is kind of a big thing if you read it and you're like, uh, eternal sin. That's a lot. Yeah. So Stephen, what, 
what could that mean, right? We've got our own ideas of it and stuff like that, yeah. but I have a feeling it's a little different than that. No, yeah, great question. Um, so you have to re obviously you have to take this story into context and what's going on here. So you have these guys who who came around and uh, they said Jesus is driving out demons, and they said he is possessed by Beelzebul. Ooh, man, it's a mouthful. By the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. Um, and you know this is uh, obviously not good, not a good move here. Yeah, I don't, not a good look. <laughs> I would not be fired up to be associated with that. Yeah, yeah. but here, here's Jesus like being accused of being a demon himself. That he's using the evil powers, evil spirits, and this is what this is referring to of this unforgivable sin mm. of saying the works of God are actually evil. Wow. And I don't know about you, but uh, there are definitely times where I question works of God, if they're from God or from people or from the devil. I don't know if we want to get into like, that. Like, like, what do you mean? Because I, I don't know if I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, you, you see people being healed or you hear of miraculous stories or things like that. I, naturally, I just go. Nah, that's not the case. Oh, you mean like being super skeptical and dismissive yes. of, of God working in people that I don't know. I I doubt they're they're real. Their sincerity. Exactly. Ah, exactly. That's kind of mm. nefarious, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, no, I definitely do that. I kind of roll my eyes at at people that act out their faith in certain ways that don't that don't do it the way I do. And right. I, I'm like, okay, well that that can't be right. That can't be good. Yeah, and uh, it's a it's a very challenging thought, but you know, I, I think it's very obvious and evident that this is God working here, driving out demons. And Jesus goes into this parable of a house divided. You know, a house divided cannot stand, and it's a very simple truth, right? Uh, if Satan is against himself, that kingdom will fall. But then he goes into this strong man uh, scenario and parable here. We've seen that a lot. Yeah, what what is that? That kind of rings a bell, but does that go back to something else in Mark? Yeah, absolutely does. <laughs> I mean, we've been talking about it since chapter one, the very first thing, even before Jesus walks on the stage, John the Baptist is referring to him as the mighty one who will come, uh, the Ishkarateras, that will come and he, that John's not worthy to untie sandals. And it's been crazy to watch Jesus showing us what that looks like. Mm. And for the most part, it's been challenge, challenging us. But here, like... He comes in the the idea of a strong man. Like it doesn't actually say the strong man. It just says a strong man. So, I mean, I think that's a separate idea. Is it? I don't know. What do you guys think? You have a thought, Josh? I'm a little lost, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Just listen. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so we edit that. (laughs) No, I think we keep that in, man. We don't have all the answers. It's okay. We don't. Um, yeah, but okay. So if you're also lost <laughs> a little bit listening, the the idea that Jesus is the mighty one is a theme so far, and he's showing us what that is. And one more time, he's developing the idea of the mighty one is coming not to destroy people, mm. not to hurt people, but what he's coming to do is there are other strong men. And I think in this case, he's con- he's connecting the strong man image to Satan, right. that Satan is strong and he is mighty in this world, 
but I am coming not to establish my kingdom by subjugating people and hurting people. Mm. I'm coming to bind up and take over from Satan. Yeah. Mm. And so the mighty one is is stronger than those mighty ones. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. Like he is the mighty one, even if they are mighty. Yeah. And what what I was thinking about uh, earlier when you were talking about that is just how, and, and especially what you're saying there, right, is that Jesus isn't coming to destroy people. Um, but, and, and he just got done talking about a house divided against itself cannot stand. Well, we just got done talking about how Jesus does the opposite and he unifies all these groups that were previously divided. That, mm. you know, the kingdom of God, in order for it to stand as it's going to, is not going to be one that's divided. It's going to be one that uh that that is unifying and uh and and to do that jesus isn't destroying people but he's taking out the other strong man that separates uh, mm. and that, that's powerful for me because naturally i just want to point to people mm. being the issue yeah and i think jesus is pointing out the the actual truth there it's mm. it's satan who wants to divide and and that helps me like my battle is not against flesh and blood yeah it's the power and authorities. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing is that they, the Pharisees probably thought they were very right. Like they thought that they were the ones holding on to the scripture by dividing. Yeah. And they were convinced because the scriptures command that. And I think I feel that. Like the right thing to do here is to draw a line in the sand between me and them. And I think that does, that's not the same as drawing a line in the sand of what's right and what is wrong. But, they're, but it, it, it's saying that I, my, the relationship, my posture towards other people is to show mercy and love rather than superiority. And it's Satan that's trying to get me to think, well, these people are not worthy of my mercy, my compassion, my love, Mm. my care, because they don't conform to that. Wow. You know, this drawing the line, uh, this is a, actually a difficult balance to create here where we are to embrace people and invite people and love people and show people mercy, but there still is a standard. And the more I read about this of the embracing and accepting part, the harder it is for me to find, well, where is that line? Mm -hmm. And Jesus actually addresses that line in this passage. Mm. Uh, His family come to him. They're very concerned. Uh, (laughs) You know, I've actually been wrestling with this for a couple of weeks where I'm like, why, why would the family lose their mind? Like, why are they so concerned that Jesus doesn't have time to eat? Like, what is that all about? But I think that's something that we can all wrestle with. But he goes into this where he, he's, they're addressing Jesus like, hey, your mom and your brother and your sister are outside. And he makes this very interesting claim here where he says, these are my brothers and my sisters. And in verse 34, he says, uh, verse 35, whoever does the does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. And, uh, you know, that's a that's a very clear line that Jesus is making here in a distinction. But again, he's, he's calling unity and he's calling it family, hmm. which is more than just, yeah, we go to the same church. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on? Yeah. I mean, I, I, as I'm, as I'm thinking about this, it, it's like, you know, just like I was talking about, where's that, where's that line? Um, and I think there's a difference between like, I'm going to include you, I'm going to bring you in, I'm going to have a relationship with you versus the the family. 
um, which I, I, I like. I think you put it well. Like we, I got to wrestle with that. What that means. But then the the other question is okay. So whoever does the will of God, what is that? That that's the question. Yes. And I think what I tend to do, and we've talked about this before, is that we tend, and I tend to bring the things that I think are important, and I I tend to put them on to God, I tend to read it into the text rather than actually trying to pull out what he's saying. Mm, and yeah, because yeah, it, it tends to be, I think the will of God happens to align with my worldview perfectly. <laughs> right, right. And yeah. so whatever I think is important to me uh, is what I think is important to God when that may not be the case, because I've spent so much of my life thinking that the most important things are, you know, holding to these rules. Mm holding to 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 be more devoted than anybody else. Mm. And sure that is the will of God to be obedient, to be repentant. But if that comes, quote unquote, repentance and, and obedience comes, but there is no mercy, there's no compassion, well that's that's obedient to some rules, but it's not obedient to the 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 rule of the most important one, which is love. Yes. <laughs> and and so I'm like, okay, where where have I drawn the lines? And is that where Jesus has drawn the lines? Yeah. And I think this is a, a great question because uh, looking at this story and where the disciples are at and where the apostles are at, he just appointed them. Hmm. He just gave them authority. He just said, okay, you're going to drive out demons. You're going to go preach. And I'm sure they looked around and some of them were like, why are they, why, why is Matthew here? Hey. <laughs> why uh, is steven here jerk <laughs> good question <laughs> um, but i'm sure some of them may have gone why and then here is jesus teaching his disciples and teaching his followers who his family is hmm. who their family is and it's a it's a lesson for us it's a lesson for me of okay there there clearly is a standard but open my eyes and open your eyes to what is actually going on here? Yeah. What what is what is happening? This is not just your little group. This is this is family. This is this is deeper than just a group. Hmm. That's a good point. I don't know if you have uh, any any uh, historical stuff on how Jews viewed family or or anything like that. I mean, you, you think through just just the ancient near Eastern people were yeah. all about family. Like that was the, the primary group that everything, because you were a collective culture, you were much more, it was about your family, the glory of your family, family. You saw your, your role, your life, your glory was through the glory of your family. Whereas now it's, well, you make your own way. And back then it was, all of this is, is surrounding. And the more that you can build up your father uh, the more that you can build up your family's wealth mm. and the community wealth, well, that's that's the big thing. And so you, it was family first mm. in ways that I don't think anybody in the 21st century America could possibly understand. And that just makes me think about what are we building in our family and mm. thinking about the spiritual family. And if you think about, I'm going to even the, you know, when Abraham uh, left his dad and what that meant right mm. of him leaving the home yeah and he was the oldest he was going to take over he was and just thinking about what that means for us how am i lifting up you 
Hmm. How am I making you better? How am I thinking of the collective we? Yeah. I mean, that, that totally changes what churches, that totally changes what, what you know, I always say, hey, you're my bro, you're my brother in Christ, mm. whatever, but it doesn't carry the same weight as what we see here. Yeah. Yeah, so thinking about that weight, I don't know, it's just a question that I, I, I leave with myself and I leave with you, like, how are we lifting each other up? How are we helping, how are we helping our brother, Jesus, Yeah. and glorifying him? Great stuff. I think that's going to do it for this uh, this round of In the Margins. Uh, you can go ahead and find more uh, more resources on nvca.academy, or you can find the link at nvcoc.church. You can get a hold of us uh, at a new website if you want to give us some, some feedback, comments, questions, complaints. Actually, keep the complaints to yourself. I'm kidding. Uh, you can email us at novachurchacademy at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we got a lot more stuff coming your way, more resources on the website. So for me, Matt Fisk, Stephen Little, and Josh Lund, this has been In the Margins, and we'll catch you next time.